Hello and welcome to the Happier at Work podcast with your host, Aoife O'Brien. The podcast for anyone who wants to be happier at work. We spend so much of our time at work. Everyone deserves to be happier at work. In this week's episode of the Happier at Work podcast, we're looking at episode number six in the leadership series. And I speak with Team and Bart from TrustXP.com, all about trust in the workplace. So looking at employee trust and the role that leadership plays in establishing that trust. And I really hope you enjoy today's conversation. Welcome, Timon, to the Happier at Work podcast. Would you like to introduce yourself to listeners? Absolutely. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Um, my name is Timon Bart. Um, I'm the CEO of TrustXP.com, where we help companies with uh, measuring trust in the workplace. Um, and I've written a book about the, the topic. Uh, it's called Win with Trust, where we focus on uh, really what about employee trust what is what is employee trust why is it important um and what can you as an organization um do in order to either measure it and then starting improving it um brilliant i absolutely love it i love this topic and interestingly one of the previous podcasts with tim kidd this whole idea of trust came up quite a bit so can you tell me like what what is it what does trust mean yeah, absolutely. So um, maybe it's easy to start with a definition because um, when we're talking about trust, trust is often a very elusive topic for for uh, individuals, but also for companies. So um, when I talk to organizations about trust, it's not something they're used to talk about because they're they're often focusing on things like um, well other business KPIs, like revenue, uh, product innovation, um, employee turnover. And those are things you can easily measure. But when I talk about measuring trust, that's something very complicated. And so if you, if you put a definition on trust, um, um, of the way I describe it is it's the confidence in somebody or uh, something's ability um, and, and the intention to perform an action that leads to value creation. So without being able to control this or enforce the action or the outcome. So it's, it's a, a type of confidence that you're having in, in something that will be achieved. And what, we, what I've seen um, over the past couple of years when helping organizations with improving trust in the workplace is um, how crucial this element is. So there's a very high correlation between trust and company performance. So all those other KPIs that organizations are measuring, they, uh, they kind of follow the, the trust pattern in an organization. Um, and so... When we're talking about employee trust specifically, that is about the trust that the employees have in the organization. So then we're really talking about, can the organization fulfill the objectives that I as an individual have? And that is what, we, uh, what we're talking about when talking about employee trust. Great. There's a few things there that I'd love to kind of drill into and pick up on a little bit more. So one of the things that you mentioned was the confidence in the ability, not just the ability, though, the intention. And I thought that's quite an interesting word to use. Can you explain a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, it is nice when an organization has has the ability to do something. So, for instance, um, as an employee, I, I would get a new job somewhere. Um, there could be all kinds of reasons for getting a job. And this is really when somebody is hiring an individual, 
that individual is also hiring the job to do certain kinds of things. Yeah, yeah. And that is a bit a bit of the Clayton Christensen uh, uh, um, jobs to be done principle. So if an individual is is uh, hiring a job, that could be um, that it, that it has to be the job has to provide for money. Um, it could be uh, professional progression, so provide learnings. It can pr- provide status and respect. It can provide a feeling of identity, a feeling of belonging to a group. Uh, and to be part of something bigger it can be providing joy uh, a job can be genuinely fun sometimes we forget that um, it can be uh, providing the opportunity to work with very cool technology um, and, and to provide all kinds of new insights so there are a bunch of different things that that somebody can expect to get out of a job now almost every employer would be able to provide all these kind of things. So for instance, if I want to make a, a lot of career progression very quickly, then I'd be looking to, to achieve a promotion very soon. Now, obviously a, a company can provide me with that, with that possibility, but there should also be the intent. So the company is capable to do that, but are they actually willing to do that? And that is what I mean with, with that intention. Um, are they willing to um, provide me with additional learnings? Are they willing to provide me with that feeling of identity, yes or no? So, so an organization both has to be capable of, of something, because if you're not capable, you cannot provide it to me, but that intention should also be there. Yeah, no, I really, really love that explanation. It's it's that the, that the company can, but that's also that the company will do that. They will support you in what it is that you're trying to achieve. Correct, exactly. And uh, at the moment that I'm, or the individual is hired at a, at a company, you don't know if this is going to happen. So you're not going to get a promotion on your first day. You're not going to uh, be working with the coolest technology at day one and find out that is exactly the type of technology you'd like to work with. Or you don't know if you belong to that company at the first day. That is something that will make up over time. And so that is why the individual needs to trust the company that will provide them with this. And that's the employee trust element. Okay. Yeah. And maybe we can come back to the, the, I mean, to me, trust work both ways. So maybe we can touch on that a little bit later. Um, But you started to talk about, or at least you touched on a couple of reasons of why trust is important in work. And one of the big things that stood out is the high correlation between trust and company performance. So what are the other reasons that uh, trust is important in the workplace? Um, yeah, that's a very good question. That, that is actually always where it starts. So what we see is that there's a high correlation with all kinds of business uh, KPIs. And so kind of where this is all coming from is that element of, of employee engagement. And employee engagement has been around for 30-odd years. Um, it was um, in, in within management theory, it was introduced as personal engagement in in academic literature in 1990. And then a very big advisory firm called Gallup coined that employee engagement and started to promote all kinds of employee engagement surveys. And employee engagement, kind of seeing a change into the phrase of employee experience at the moment, but that is something that has been around for, for a good while. And there, what you see is that there, there are a whole lot of correlations that are being measured. So the more engaged people are, the better the company performance is going to be. 
And the, the, the value that you're then looking at is significantly higher revenues, uh, significantly higher amounts of, of innovation, um, less company turnover, so people are more likely to stay there. But also the amount of job-related incidents are going down, um, all these kind of things. And you, and you can actually put numbers on there. So obviously dependent on what the benchmark is, so high, how high is employee engagement or how high is employee trust at the moment, um, and where do we want to go to, you can actually put financial figures on that. So that's, that's what we're trying to do with a lot of organizations. So presumably when you put financial number, or like when you put numbers along it, it's not going to be the same blanket number for each company. It will depend on where they're starting from and what, say, each percentage point of trust is worth within that organization. Would that be fair to say? That's absolutely fair to say. Yeah, okay. absolutely. So um, if you look at very well-performing companies, so looking at the American SaaS companies at the moment, for instance, they tend to have very high levels of trust um, at the moment. They're growing very quickly. There's a lot of opportunity for people. The, the perks that they have in the company uh, are, are in abundance. So um, in general, the, the levels of trust are very high there. So if you do a measurement that that level is high, correlates obviously to that to the job performance as well. Um, if you want to improve that, the, the, the level um, of financial outcome for a percentage point improvement in trust is a bit lower than when, when trust is low to start with. I suppose this brings me on to another question, and especially in light of if you're talking about those particular SaaS companies in the States, what drives that level of trust? Like, what are the key drivers behind? Yeah, so uh, again, it's very often a bit elusive, the topic. So what we've done is we have to, we have broken it down into actually five different components. And if you look at those different components, you can very quickly see you know, where, where companies are, are, are performing well. Um, maybe we can go into those in, in, in depth a little bit later. But the five components that we've identified are actually fairness, competence, identification, reciprocity. And there's a fifth one that is actually, it's very closely related to trust, but it doesn't relate to trust. That's transparency. And what you see is that the, the those um, very large uh, American companies um, are very often scoring high on the level of fairness, on the high of comp- uh, on the level of competence, uh, identification as well. They're putting a lot of effort into that. So, uh, are people feeling welcome there? Um, and reciprocity is also something um, that that can definitely be achieved there. Um, and so we can we can go into in, into all those uh, those topics. So, um, if you're looking at fairness specifically, fairness. We define it as impartial and just treatment uh, or behavior without favoritism or discrimination. So that means, are there equal opportunities for everybody? Is it kind of a merit-based environment, or um, would it be would it be one employee overperforming the others? Um, but if you're working there for a longer time, then even then you get the promotion in a, uh, from a job or not. Um, this is something absolutely we have to cut out because that's a very poor explanation. Um, we can go into all the, the different topics here. So, for instance, if we if we talk about fairness, uh, we define fairness as um, impartial and just treatment or behavior without favoritism or discrimination. Um, so th- that is really about, our, uh, is every individual treated in the same way? Do they have the same opportunities within an organization? Are the processes 
um, in an organization, do they actually allow for that for that fairness? And, and for instance, if we go to the second part, competence, that's really the ability to do something successfully or, or efficiently. And again, it comes down to a lot of processes. But is the organization uh, able to learn very quickly? Are we able to deliver what we say we're going to live to deliver? Is the talent in place? And are the people who are working around me, are, the, are those the individuals that, that can help me be successful and help the organization be successful? And one very interesting thing over here in, in the competence part is when we talk about employee trust, trust is always a perception. So that means that different individuals can have different perception of trust. So where person A can trust the organization to achieve all their goals um, massively, that trust might be lacking by somebody uh, in, with, with somebody else. And so we can look for all kinds of ways to validate our trust levels. And if we're talking about competence, one of the validating factors would be how do our customers talk about us? How does the press write, write about us? And so there's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy in there. If there's a more positive attitude from the outside world towards my company, my trust level and my perception of, of competence towards that company are going up as well. We have identification. So identification is really a, a person's sense of identifying with something or some uh, someone um, or association or linking with something or someone. And this is really kind of kind of split up in two categories here. So it's identification with the team that I'm working in. Do I belong? But also it, an, uh, identification with the company that I'm working for. And then it's much more about the company's mission, the company's purpose. Reciprocity is the exchange of equal or identical advantages or privileges. And that is actually the element that we measure that goes beyond uh, the normal economic exchange of I'm giving you 40 hours a week in exchange for a salary. What is it that we can expect beyond that? What can I deliver beyond my just the economic exchange of those 40 hours? But also, what do I get back in exchange for my 40 hours or more? Uh, or less, um, instead of just that, that amount of money. So th that would be, again, all those learnings, progression, status, uh, identity, uh, joy, all those kind of elements. And then I, I mentioned transparency. Um, transparency, like I said, it's not really, it's very closely related to trust, but it's, it, it isn't trust. Because as we said, when you trust somebody or when you have to trust somebody, that means that you have to have the confidence in that person's ability and uh, intention to perform an action. If something is completely transparent, uh, there's, no, there's no need for that trust. And so that is why it's a very important component. And actually, if we, if we, um, if, if when we measure trust in organizations, one of the easiest way to improve that trust is to actually fo start focusing on, on transparency. That's the, really the first thing that that um, that organizations can do to uh, to start improving their trust. Brilliant. I mean, so 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 much to pick up on there and to to kind of chat about. Um, I love this the whole idea of fairness. That's one of my core values is fairness. Um, really, really like that whole idea. And it's it's kind of topical in a way, given the big focus on diversity and inclusion now. I would say. 
the competence piece, would I be right in saying that it's it's kind of almost the employee's trust in the company. But if you look around and you think that you're performing better than other people or that the, maybe the people who have been hired are not as good as you, do you feel that maybe you're not in the right place? And that kind of leads us on to identification then and how you feel whether or not you belong with the team or with the organisation because the people around you are maybe in your own head are not as competent as you are. So those would those things kind of be related a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. There's there's definitely an overlap between the between the different uh, kind of buckets of trust there. Um, so competence, indeed. If you look around, do you do you feel that the, the the people around you have a similar competence to you, and do you identify with them? So that there's definitely a close relationship to to, to that. Yeah. At the same time, compen- uh, competence would also um, really look at at the at the processes um, at yeah, really, the competence, uh, the the company's ability to perform a certain action. So it could be that the the company has an an, an enormous goal, and that's very popular in organizations nowadays to have a um, big, hairy, audacious goal to really go somewhere big, and that's very nice. However, um, if the the company leadership is shouting this from the rooftops, but you don't have that confidence that the organization is competent enough to achieve that then your perspective of trust towards that company is going down because obviously okay. you'll foresee all kinds of issues um, uh, along along the road um, if that if that goal isn't met okay yeah i see yeah yeah that makes total sense um then there's this idea of reciprocity so it's what you do and sometimes it's over above and beyond what it is, what's the requirements are of the role, but what you get in exchange for that, whether that's recognition, I suppose, whether it ties in with what your own needs are in terms of recognition, status, that type of stuff. Progression is another one you may, you mentioned. Um, so the, it's, it's really interesting because I feel like a, a lot of these things tie in with the area of fit that I'm researching for my master's um, in terms of need satisfaction. So um, that's really interesting. Um, then the transparency piece, the easiest way to improve trust. So I'd love to kind of like if that's the kind of first step that people need to take, what kind of things can they do to to improve the transparency in an organization? Um, yeah, it, it's it's such a good point, and it's really the starting point that we that we use when when discussing improving trust within organizations. So, one thing we always see within organizations are different levels of information asymmetries. So that means the amount of information that a, that a CEO has about a company is obviously completely different to what uh, an, an individual employee has, and and that is completely normal. At the same time, that information uh, asymmetry often is the cause for uh, misalignment in trust perceptions as well. So um, there are a lot of uh, assumptions that employees can make um, about an organization that impact that trust perception. If we talk about competence, one of the things is, well, does, does my company have enough money to pay me next month? Um, now, if if that is the case, then um, um, the the company um, better 
communicates that, especially if that's if if you're going through through rough times. That doesn't mean that as an organization you always have to share the entire company's financials because that that doesn't make sense either. Um, but like this, there there are many different many different elements. If people are looking for promotions, then um, give them a clear pathway, communicate a very clear um, um, trajectory that people can go through in order to achieve that. Because then they are aware of what what they can expect in the future. If you know that you have to hit a certain amount of targets or you have to accomplish something in order to get your uh, your promotion, then at least you know where you where you need to go to. And an- another goal is uh, of an of an employee could be that they would like to pick their kids up on time from from daycare, uh, or be on, uh, at home on time, or or retire at a, a healthy at a certain age. And there are a lot of things that organizations can do for employees, but kind of leave it in the middle for a very long period. And that's just a shame because that that feeds that insecurity with the individual, which reduces the trust. So if there's anything that you can do to remove that insecurity, you'll improve trust. You'll also improve eventually the, the engagement of that of that individual with their with their work. So very often Actually, always when we're when we're starting to work with organizations, um, the communication and transparency would be the first topics uh, on the agenda. So, what are the kind of misconceptions that people have in the in the workplace? What what kind of things are we expecting? Is there information that is important to the organization that we should tell uh, to the employees rather uh, rather early than later, sooner than later, or um, really are, are there these kind of these kind of elements? Because we see that if we do an, if we then conduct a second measurement um, that that measures trust, we see that trust spikes up uh, significantly already. This often has the highest impact. And it's just really about explaining to employees what's expected of them. Would that be fair? Explaining how to you know if they if they want to go for a promotion, for example, this is what's expected of you if you want to go for promotion. For yeah, with regards to promotion, absolutely, and 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 just in general, what is the what is the status of the organization that you're working at? What are we trying to achieve? Make them part of the entire story, not just let let people uh, conduct their their own job. Again, that that uh, that economic contract, the exchange of forty hours of work, and and outside of that, don't don't think about the rest of the organization, don't think about the rest of the company and and targets that as a company we try to achieve. No, make them make them part of that story because people are actually when they're engaged, they're really engaged. If if people can achieve their own their own goals and really be the hero in their own story, then make them part of that. Allow them to to, to be part. Um, and and that is that is such an important, such a powerful uh, way to increase uh, to increase the, the trust and with that company performance. Brilliant. Now, something that I kind of touched on earlier, um, but I'd love to explore in a little bit more detail, is the idea that trust works both ways. So, do you have any thoughts on? say, managers and managers' ability to trust employees? or Because, I mean, at the end of the day, it's not the company. It's it's the individuals within the company who are putting trust in the employees to get the job done. Um, so any thoughts on that or is that something that you can look at? That, yeah, absolutely. That, that is that is definitely something that you can look at. And it's a, a bit of the paid forward kind of uh, adagium. So when 
Indeed. So let's let's say it this way. Um, I, I think in organizations we can have a bit of a more compassionate perspective. And so if we look at if we look at organizations in business literature from the 19th century, way back when, um, the most important assets of a company were its production equipment. And production equipment was the was the were the, were the tools and the machines that allowed uh, for a mass scale production that allowed the company to produce more, produce faster, and, and become richer. And the people in that organization during the Industrial Revolution were really the, the the individuals that had to maintain the equipment, and so they were a cost center. Now, famously, Peter Drucker said, "You know, the most valuable assets of a 20th century company." Um, uh, sorry, the the the, um, the most valuable asset of the 21st century institution, 21st century company, uh, whether it's business or non-business, will be its knowledge, workers, and their productivity. And I think, in in a way, that that resonated for a very long time. Um, and it's also kind of where employee engagement is coming from. So it's really the organization looking at the individuals, how engaged is that person with our company? But I think. If we look at the employee in a bit more of a compassionate way, then what we, what we can say is that employee is not an asset. Whether you're the CEO, whether you're the manager, whether you're the, the individual um, individual contributor, you're not an asset. You're kind of the hero in your own uh, in your own story. So if you're coming uh, coming home after a day of work and you sit on a couch, you don't think about. Oh, was I a good asset today? Now you're thinking about, do I still like this job? Is it still going where I want it to go? Is this helping me achieving all my goals? And I think in a similar way, we can look at the, the relationship between employees and managers. So it's often said that employees leave managers, they don't leave companies. And that is because that manager is kind of the portal for that employee to the rest of the organization. So that manager is in control of, again, things like promotions, but also whenever there are any issues, whenever the, the, the team has to steer in a certain direction or navigate within the company, the employee is very much dependent on that manager. But if we turn that around, the, the opposite is also exactly true. So the, the manager is also dependent on, on that employee. So... If we then start thinking about transparency and about communication again in the first place, if the employee is sharing a lot of information, is thinking about, hey, what what would that manager care about? Can I fill them in with the information that they're in, that that manager is unsure about? Can I overshare a little bit almost? Then the the there's less need for trust or for confidence of that manager in in that employee because. That manager knows that things are going well, or that manager knows that things are going wrong, but then at least they know then that that sense of insecurity is gone. So absolutely, in order for for people to be more trustworthy, um, that that has a m massive impact on uh, on the individual manager as well. So everybody can play their role in an organization to become more trustworthy. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting what you say, because it, it really does work both ways. I think from the employee's perspective, it's about sharing. Like, I think a lot of people struggle with this, that they don't offer up information to their manager. I always say to people, make things easy for your manager to say great things about you, because your manager is the one who is talking about you to the more senior leaders. 
Um, so make it easy for your manager to say great things by filling them in on everything great that you are actually doing and also of warning them in advance and making sure that they're prepped in case things aren't on track or that things are going to go wrong so that it doesn't suddenly become a surprise you know a, a month or a few months down the line so it is that that whole sense of transparency and I suppose, I mean, does this then touch on the, the whole idea of psychological safety and creating that environment where it is safe to share both ways, that it's safe for the organisation to share the, the status that they're in, but it's also safe for employees to share, this is what's going on for me or this is how I'm performing? Absolutely. So that, that, is, that is such a good point. Um, if, if that environment doesn't doesn't allow doesn't tolerate people to share information openly and honestly, um, then this won't work, right? So um, it it will be very negative surprises along the line, uh, that, sorry down the line, but not at that point in time. So absolutely, creating a, a culture where open and honest feedback is is something that can be can be shared. That is absolutely um, absolutely crucial. Um, and eventually that, that manager yeah, is, it's, it's communicating to both ways, right? It's, it's both top down and bottom up. So indeed allow that manager to be, to be aware of what is happening, allow that manager to also portray their own performance towards their, their, maybe their upper manager, upper management, um, to be accurate about it, to be open about it. And that will increase the, the trust that their managers have in them, in, in the manager as well. So um, ab- absolutely, that, that culture of, of open and honest feedback, that culture of transparency is, is crucial for this to work, mm. uh, to work very well. Yeah. yeah. And oftentimes it's easier said than done, especially when, you know, the, the dreaded word feedback comes around because a lot of people they hear the word feedback and they just, they're just really afraid, you know, a lot of people. But Absolutely. I mean, as previously discussed on the podcast, feedback is a gift. See it as a gift. See it as a way to either get, um, I suppose, affirmation that you're doing a good job or take it as a gift that someone is telling you very specifically the areas where you need to improve your performance. And, and feedback at the same time is just very difficult. So yeah. it, it's, a, it's a bit uncomfortable. Um, it's... Um, if you have to give feedback in a one-to-one situation about about somebody, that's very challenging. Um, there, there are all courses on how, how to give good feedback, uh, but at a bit of a larger scale. So, for instance, when we're measuring trust, we're we're asking people not only for their indications of their trust perception on different elements, but we're also asking. Uh, why is that? What is the what is the reason for this? What can the organization do in order to Im- improve that? And what we see initially is that a lot of people are saying, you know, I couldn't really be bothered because things have been um, going this way in this organization for such a long time. And so for us, it's not interesting to, to spend a lot of time on this because it's, it's only get, going to get us frustrating. And so if then the, the company leadership is sharing, like, actually, we're looking into this stuff. We're actually taking this extremely serious. We're actually uh, depending on your feedback in order to improve. Then you see that the second time around or a third time around, the amount of feedback is going to increase. It's going to be much more constructive instead of just providing all kinds of rants about why things are why things are negative. By the way, this is always anonymous, so people people can be honest about it, but then 
initially people often use it to be extremely negative. But then once they feel like, hey, actually, we're learning how to give feedback, we're, we're seeing that stuff is changing because of our feedback, and they are taking this seriously, at that point, you see that people are starting to become much more constructive. So it's not only the fact of giving feedback that is difficult, but also allowing yourself to hear that feedback, to adopt it, and to, to change your own um, to change your own ways on, on the back of that feedback, or at least to evaluate it in an honest way. That is that is also very challenging. So that is that is definitely something that, that organizations need to learn. At the end. At the end of the day, the, the the people who are closest to the company's processes and to the company's customers and to the company's products are its own employees. So they they are every single day in the weeds with everything that is important to the company. So if there is one valuable aspect of where people can can uh, provide feedback, it are the employees. And so that is that is absolutely crucial. So that information flow throughout the organization, whether that's from a one-to-one -one perspective between a manager and an employee, or if that's in between peers, or if that is on an organizational level, that is absolutely crucial. So feedback is is very important. But that's I mean, that's so interesting at that level. So that if people are so disillusioned, they think the company's not going to do anything with the information they get back from us. So there's no point in even filling out the survey. But actually, if the company itself acknowledges that there is an issue, that they're gathering feedback in order to be able to rectify the issue, and they're going to measure the feedback ongoing to make sure that it's improving, then that in itself proves that they're doing something about it and that they're taking the actions necessary to improve the situation. Absolutely. And that's it exactly. So um, well, one of the things we often say is don't try to boil the ocean. Um, it might be that it, it, it essentially, uh, especially in the beginning, you get a lot of a lot of negative feedback. That could be the case or a lot of things are positive. So what we're always saying is and, and the, the best organization with the highest kind of increase in, in, in employee trust, we, we can see it there. What they do is, you know, we, they share the, the top three um, the top three numbers of top three indicators that are going extremely well, they also share the bottom three. And they can even be completely honest about it and say, you know what, we've identified that there, there are these three issues. We don't know what to do about it uh, as of yet, but we're investigating, uh, but we, we hear you. We just understand, we, we, we hear you, we understand that there is an issue. And it's up for us to, to come up with a, uh, with, with a pathway to improving this. And if you do that consistently, those just those focus on, on the three items that are worse, try to improve those and, and try to also call out the things that are going well. Um, when you when you have that cadence of improvement in an organization, that's where you see that, that trust is going to go up and trust is going to work for you. Brilliant. And I'd, I'd love to talk about the, kind of the general levels of trust because I know you mentioned Gallup earlier and I know that their global survey says that engagement is globally is around 15%, 1.5. So it's really, really low for people engaged at work. But I know generally just from anecdotally speaking, speaking to my friends, the general thing is people aren't really happy in work at the moment. Um, and I'm, I'm sure that the trust is something that's underlying that. So I'd love to know any thoughts that you have on whether trust is increasing or decreasing or the general levels of trust that we're at currently. 
so yeah, absolutely. That, so that's the interesting thing about about employee engagement that, that that hasn't really changed. So for some reason in the U.S., the the numbers are are a bit higher. So if you look at the U.S., it's it's on average about thirty percent of people who say that they are engaged. Um, and the rest of the world is about 15%, but that level has been consistent all, all along. Um, in, indeed, what is, what is the reason for that? And I, so I think that we shouldn't look at employee engagement, but we should look at employee trust. So we should look at that alignment between the individual's objectives and the company's objectives. And those objectives might change. So um, whereas people... Um, so my my grandparents would work for the for the same organization, uh, or maybe for their entire life. Um, at the moment, what you see is that after after um, being employed for one year, people start looking around. Like, hey, is there something more exciting? Is there something that kind of uh, fulfills that 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 next step that I have in mind for myself? And so, organizations should look at that alignment. What what is it that people are trying to achieve? Um, and absolutely. Definitely not everybody is going to look for promotions or look for money all the time. There could be all kinds of different reasons. And But what is it that a, that a person is trying to achieve and how can we make sure that the organ, uh, organization creates a pathway towards that or at least um, aligns in the most basic in the most basic ways? I think when organizations start focusing on that, then then there's definitely a pathway to improvement there. Now, I think it's an illusion to, to think that everybody's always going to be happy and and. There, there will always be uh, people who are, are disappointed with how, how things are going there. But even the fact of acknowledging that and providing them with a way out, maybe not today, but if they follow this trajectory, that might be that might be tomorrow or next year. Then that would that would definitely help. So I, I think there's a way out. I think there's a way out, and and that is looking through that more compassionate lens. It's interesting that you use the term alignment because that ties in very much with uh, what I look at when it comes to fit. Yeah, and um, things like the individuals and the company's objective, like that's that's a type of fit is goals. When when an individual's goals and a company's goals are aligned, people feel a greater sense of fit and and belonging in the workplace. So it's really interesting that that comes up again. Um, from, From a leadership perspective, like how important is the leadership when it comes to trust? It, it, it all um, it all starts with the leadership. So when when we're talking about feedback, when we when we talk about honest and uh, open and honest communication, when we talk about um, um, that information asymmetry, that is all something that leadership can uh, can control. And so what we see is that employee trust is a leading indicator. So when we see employee trust going up, you can you can kind of kind of say like, okay, that your your company's performance is going to go up. Uh, in say a year's time from now and of course there are all kinds of other kpis that might be short term there might be kpis that are long term um, but for the organization to um to be to be successful with trust that should be leadership acknowledging the fact that this is that this is important it should be leadership that is aware um of what trust means so which which elements are important there and um Eventually, leadership should be measuring this as one of their as one of their key performance indicators. This is something that people can really steer for uh, steer for. And obviously, um, I think I think most of the people listening to this podcast have have heard Richard Branson speak about employees and employees being more important than than the customers. Employees coming first, and I, I believe that's that's truly the case. I believe that when 
um, when when employees can achieve their own goals by working for a company, then their motivation is is exactly at that level that that they need uh, in order to be successful for that company, in order to provide all the business metrics that eventually business leaders should be looking for. Um, so it all starts with with the business leader. Um, they can they can really drive this um, this effort throughout the organization, and without them, to be fair, this is going to fall uh, fail completely. Yeah, yeah. So you need to get the buy-in from from the senior leaders within the business in order to make this effective. Yeah, exactly. So the leader has to show that this this topic is important, that indeed they care about the uh, the alignment of the the individual's perspective and the individual's goals towards the organization, and that they're willing to make an effort to get there as well. That doesn't mean that all of a sudden you're going to give everything to the employees, everything that they're asking for, but that that does mean listening to what what the employees are trying to achieve and that also for instance it, um, improving competence has such a such an important um, role in um, in improving that trust so when we talk about increasing fairness increasing competence increasing identification and reciprocity that is really about building a better business so allow your teams allow your your employees to talk about how how the business can be improved. That is just fantastic business advice straight away that you as a, as a business leader can can take on board and can use to improve the, the organization. And again, obviously, when you improve the organization, your your business results will follow. I would love to know, Timon, what makes you happier at work? I'm happy at work when I know that my work can fulfill both my personal objectives and my career objectives. So if I can achieve my goals in life by doing the work that I'm doing, that makes me happy. And that brings me really the energy, the motivation, and also the joy that are necessary to be a valuable employee to a company. Fantastic. And so if people want to find out more, you mentioned your website, trustxp.com, your book, um as well win with trust so i can put links to both of those in the show notes how else might people reach out to you to get in touch i i think those two things are, are, are in the, the right avenues um you can find me on twitter at team and bart uh, at team and bart so um, that is also the way i'm on linkedin feel free to connect happy to connect there and uh, so i think those are the the right ways fantastic thank you so much for your time today i really really enjoyed our chat uh, likewise, likewise. Really enjoyed uh, being on, on the podcast and uh, looking forward to uh, any topics around or any conversations about employee trust going forward. That was Team and Bart and we spoke all about trust. I really, really enjoyed that conversation. So I just wanted to recap on some of the points that we covered. So trust is very important because it correlates quite strongly with company performance overall and specifically Things such as innovation, revenue and decreased employee turnover. So turnover obviously costs quite a bit of money. If you make bad mistakes around keeping people engaged, uh, you're going to lose people and that costs money. He spoke also about the elusive, the elusiveness of trust and how it's it's quite an elusive topic. It's really hard to pin down. But the key components of it, so there's kind of four main key components and then there's a fifth one that which is really related to trust as well. So the four components are fairness, competence, identification, reciprocity. And then the fifth element of that then is the transparency. So the fairness side of things is really around being impartial and 
driving equality and just within the organisation. Competence then is things like doing things successfully. So do you have the talent within the team to do things successfully? One of the things that you can use to measure competence is how do your customers actually speak about you? Identification then is really the association, the feeling of belonging to the team or within the company as well. The reciprocity element is over and above what you're contracted to do. Like when you go above and beyond, what do you actually get in return for that? So is it status? Is Are your needs being satisfied in some way by you going, you know, perform, outperforming within your role? The transparency element then is really the first step towards building on that trust. And it's the easiest way to improve trust. He mentioned as well that trust is a perception. So one person's view of what's going on in a company is not necessarily related to another person's view. So they might have very different perceptions of trust within the organisation. He spoke as well about the asymmetry of information. So how much information a CEO has access to versus a regular employee. And oftentimes this causes a misalignment of trust perception within an organisation. And it's about managing that. So you don't have to necessarily go out and tell everyone everything that's going on with the company. But being a bit more transparent about what is actually happening, especially when things are not going very well, really improves the trust perception within an organization because employees tend to jump to conclusions. They make assumptions about what's happening and that can sometimes be worse. Be really, really clear about the path to promotion. And I know certainly in my own career, oftentimes it's not been very clear what path you need to take or what kind of skills you need to have in order to get promoted really strong and clear communication is really important to avoid misconceptions. And it's really about removing that sense of insecurity that employees have when they're working for an organisation, including employees as part of the overall story of what's happening. And building on that, it's allowing employees to take responsibility for what changes need to happen in the organisation as well. So making them part of the story and for them to be the hero in their own story within the company. He spoke about the manager as the portal to the rest of the organization and kind of almost acting as a filter. So the manager receives information from the employee, but equally the manager receives information from senior leaders. We spoke about when carrying out these types of trust exercises, acknowledging that there's an issue and saying that you're actually going to do something about it and being consistent about that and having that consistent message. We spoke about the importance of feedback and especially the importance around the company's capacity to be able to actually do something based on the feedback that they receive. In terms of leadership then, you know, team and echoed what has been covered on previous podcasts before is it all starts with leadership. So looking at those kind of KPIs, what kind of KPIs are involved and is trust included in that or trust impacts on the kind of KPIs. So it's something that really needs to be considered. As always, thank you so much for listening in to the podcast. I always love receiving your feedback, whether that's on LinkedIn or on email. So uh, keep the feedback coming. I always love to hear what changes people have made as a result of listening to the podcast as well. Tune in again next week for the seventh episode in the leadership series. Speak to you then. 
Well, there you have it. Thanks for listening to the Happier at Work podcast with Aoife O'Brien. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button and don't forget to rate and review the podcast.